All right, everyone. I'm Nick, and I'm here with Ruby Wilmus, and she has a message from Mark Riddle Photography. What is the deal? I have a headshot special that expires September 31st. $100 off a regular headshot session fee, two looks, private gallery, two retouched images. Update your headshots now with fresh pics of your latest look. Limited session times available. Email him or DM him on Instagram and mention the 2021 headshot special. That's Mark Riddle Photography. Contact him and check out the link down below. Hi, everybody. This is Nick, and I will let you know that I will be at FallCon Saturday, September 25th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pre-sale tickets are available. They're $12 and then $15 at the door. Children under nine get for free. Come see me and a lot of my other artistic friends and previous guests of the show show off their works. And I will be there, too, selling my comic book, The Green Way, and promoting the show. Come see me, Fall Con, at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Okay, we're here with Allie, and she knows it's dedication time. Allie, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? Uh, it's my husband's birthday tomorrow, so I'll dedicate it to him. <laughs> okay, Rick, is- right? Yeah. yeah. Is that okay? Does it have to be like a very That's your job. profound dedication? No, it's your option. <laughs> okay. How long have you been married? Uh, we got married on September 14th. Uh, 2019. Did you have two birthday cakes? Like his birthday cake and then a we wedding cake? We had so much dessert. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Dedicate to Rick. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. All right, we're here, uh, new episode, and here with... Allie Daniels. Hi. No, it's really, that's your full name is Allie. No, uh, my full name is Alex Daniels. Okay, so it's Alex, because sometimes Allie is the full name. Yeah. I, I've got, I got that, you know, mixed up sometimes, but that's that's mm-hmm. what you go by is Allie. Uh, my full name is Alex Anna Daniels, um, and yeah, my parents actually... Uh, <laughs> My dad wanted Alexandra, and my mom wanted Alexa, and which I'm very glad that Thank she did not name me Alexa because that would be a nightmare. Um, that would be these days. Um, and my late uh, maternal grandfather uh, always took credit for my name <laughs> because he like solved the uh, issue, being like, "Just name her Alex." So, so but Ali works for you. Like oh that. yeah, Allie. yeah. I've been called Allie like all my life. <laughs> it's like her name is Alex, and we call her Allie until or unless she's in trouble. Then it's my full name. Mm-hmm. Well, this is nice because we've been scheduled this for a long time, but you're always super busy. So we try to never get a schedule, and finally we're able yeah. to get our schedules matching so mm-hmm. we can come in. But you know, after soon recording, you're going to go back onto another film set. If we could just talk a little bit, um, Sasha and CJ Renners are do- making a movie. Yeah, and you're in that as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, that one's called B and E, like breaking and entering. Yeah. Um, and I play Leah, the best friend of um, Audrey, the main character. Um, and Leah is um, 
living with her girlfriend Kate and she is she just got a an internship um, in London to work with a bunch of biochemists um, and she uh She's very, very good friends with Audrey, and Audrey has, there's a little bit of codependency there, so Audrey's like, she's kind of bored in her job, and then her best friend is moving away to London with her girlfriend, and like, you know, things are happening all around her, um, and her life is changing, and then she, you know, sees this um, YouTube or not YouTube video, like TikTok or something like that, of this guy who's like explaining how to be a cat burglar. And she gets very intrigued by this idea and kind of gets sucked into into that world. So but I, think, I think it's almost like when you're, an, especially an actress, it's that little kernel of like where does a change happen mm-hmm. for your character. So it's, it's, it looks like it's a big change for him. For yeah. yeah, yeah. Like once she sees that video of him like, explaining how to be a cat burglar (laughs) um she she's immediately it like flips a switch and she's yeah okay so the question is have you doing research looked up cat burglar videos yourself me well i'm not the cat burglar in in the but yeah but uh i didn't I, I wasn't sure if there would be <laughs> videos. So I was like, how would you do that and like not be investigated or, or something, you know? Um, so I I have not. Um, but I I would imagine they would, they would be very interesting. <laughs> so do you guys, um, I know sometimes with independent films, it's hard to do a lot of pre-production. Are you guys able to do like, like script reads or anything? For the film, um, it was kind of uh, it, it was sort of uh, last minute because um, we actually had the actress who played my girlfriend Kate. She could not um, do the the night of the filming, so actually, I had um, I had Laura. Um, I reached out to her and I was like, look, we need uh, this person. And like we started filming at 1130 at night. So I was very lucky to see Elora was still like active on Facebook. Um, Because otherwise they were like, oh, well, you could have, you know, your husband step in and we could change it. But I didn't really want to change like she's supposed to be an LGBTQ character. And I was like, I don't really want to switch, you know, this character to be you know a straight character um not there's anything wrong with that it was just like you know there's not a whole lot of representation out there and I'm like well I I don't really want to give a role from or have a a role that's meant to be for a woman played by a man you know yeah um so yeah, I was really lucky that Alora was on Facebook at eleven thirty at Riley, night. Right? Yeah, Alora yeah. Riley, who's fantastic. I've worked with her a bunch of times. I love her. Um, and if I could just interrupt you, she just won uh, for Z Fest best best supporting actress. Well, mm-hmm. she shared it with Maria Barr. Oh, yeah, they split it, but she just she won best supporting actress in a film, Jason P. Schumacher's film. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah she's. We're not making it up. She really is good. Oh, no. She's fantastic. She's yeah. wonderful. Um, and she likes cats, too. And she does. She she does like cats, too. 
that's always a <laughs> immediate bond right there as if somebody likes cats I'm like oh we're gonna be friends um but yeah she yeah. she was like okay I do I need to be in hair and makeup what's what's my uh you know what are we doing? And I'm like, well, we're just like hanging at home. Um, and I'm like FaceTiming with Audrey about like this survivor show that we're both really into. Um, so she just had to come in and like kiss me on the cheek and then, um, say hi, Audrey. And that, and then like mouth like you got to tell her because like my character was kind of holding back that she was moving to London because she knew that Audrey would be kind of heartbroken over yeah, it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so how'd you get in, I mean did you did you audition for CJ and Sasha or I did not um this was one of those things where she was like she emailed me and she was like, look, yeah. I have this role. I think you'd be great for it. Um, and I was like, yep, yeah, I, of course I, I want to do that. <laughs> so that's always really nice when you don't have to audition. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's very lucky. It's a very lucky thing to happen. Um, but it's always nice. <laughs> uh, I use, because now we're at the point where a lot of people are submitting videos. So you're do, are you mm-hmm. still doing like the video auditionings? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm submitting video auditions, um, especially for like commercial kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of the nature. Now it's the evolutionary step because of. Oh yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. Like I have two video auditions I have to submit for today. Um, one is for a Best Buy commercial, and the other one is for um, an episodic series that I'm not going to say anymore about because I don't know how much I well, can I think, say. Well, I was going to mention, like, <laughs> when you audition for commercials, I think it's a great tool f- to get for movies. For commercials, you mm-hmm. have to be, what well, we always say, completely body ready. Mm-hmm. Your hands and everything body ready because you might, might be showing your hands for a commercial. Or right. holding something, yeah. hair and everything. Yeah. So, um, commercials are a good avenue to be absolutely ready right now. Mm-hmm. We're, you want to do a, like a film with Sasha and stuff. Yeah. You get that acclimate practice of just be ready. Mm-hmm. You be ready and be on time. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, I don't want to do commercials. And I think it's a good avenue to at least get started on how things work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we just had Johnny Stuckmeyer here. Okay. Cinematography, but he does cinematography for commercials. And sometimes you get on set and like, all right, set it up in 30 minutes. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lighting, everything, get your camera ready. And it's, it's even sometimes less than 30 minutes. So you have to really know how to do, do lighting, camera work. And that actually translates well to doing your short film because you don't really have a lot of time as well. Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, and commercials, I think it's a good avenue because you like, people have a specific look sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they're like, oh, well, you have brought something maybe for a next commercial or right. something. Yeah. 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 I always know if, the role is like an edgy teenager. I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm like, I I got this. This is my bread and butter, edgy teenager. Um, which is funny because I'm 33, but um, <laughs> I'm like, I will play that until I until I cannot anymore. Um, but yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's just a certain look that yeah, you have to like. Yeah, there's there's some things that I'm like, uh, I'm not really sure, like. Casinos? No, I I never get called back for casinos. I think it's because I look very young, and why, people would right? be like, "Why is that child in a casino?" <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but 
yeah, there there are certain things where I'm like, I don't think I have as good of a shot at this as as I would for for other ones. Um, but you know, if the agent sends you out on that, you go. Like if they if you know somebody asks you to audition for something, you go because obviously they see something in you yeah. that could be right for it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about just one because you brought up kind of need a little bit about typecasting. There's something that you work really well with mm-hmm. that, that young rebel kind of a per- character. Yeah. But you use it really well with Cynthia Urich's movie. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so we, we played like a long, well, if you wanted the character, but mm-hmm. um, you're the last person being on the show. Every other person that's been the cast mm-hmm. has been on the show. You were the last one. So now you're here. We've had the entire cast of Cynthia Alwork's movie on my show. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, but you played, you played, was, I can't remember the title of it. It was like Miss Something. I can't remember the title of uh, it. Uh, Misplaced Trust. Misplaced Trust, mm-hmm. right. It was, it's all f- female cast. Mm-hmm. Yep. And But you played the... Um, I, uh, I played a young sex worker. <laughs> um, she was like 19, um, and she was basically a sugar baby. Right. Um, so she was also like meeting up with, or she thought that she was meeting up with this guy. But, um, you, it's, but it's something, it could have been a cliche. It could have been kind of lazy, but there's something mm-hmm. tangible to what you did with it. Oh, well, something thank you. really meaty to it. Because thank I was you. like, I told when I watched it with my wife, I go, if they go lazy with this, it's gonna be hard. Mm-hmm. But they actually had something with it, like a motivation. Yeah. Even though it was, wasn't explained, it was not exposition, but mm-hmm. you can get it right away. Cause yeah. It's, it's almost like when you played it, it was almost like you already had your bearings. Like you've been doing this for many years. Like. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, it was a fun character to do um it's a loud character yeah yep she's very loud she's very brazen um not really uh aware of like her surroundings or other people's boundaries she's just like she puts herself out there and that's what you see is what you get. So right, because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff I've seen you you've you have to be the loud character sometimes, mm-hmm. but also I've seen you when you have to be the quiet one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's a hard thing to do. Both maintaining sometimes being really loud, sometimes being the quiet character. Mm-hmm. And I can think off my up off my top of my head, the only one that really does it masterfully is like Christian Bale. He could play a really mm-hmm. loud character, mm-hmm. like American Psycho. He could play a really quiet character, like the Hustler. Yeah. And that's tough to do. Like, you still know he's in the movie, but he's not shouting. He's not dressing mm-hmm. loud. He's not being the loud character. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. can you watch yourself in movies? Um, sometimes. <laughs> uh, sometimes I can watch myself. Um, oftentimes I'll, like, <laughs> tear up, but not in, like, a, oh, I'm so proud of myself way, but just, like, it's. I think it's, like, an anxiety thing where it's just, like, watching myself. I, like, start, like, <laughs> But yeah, I, I I can watch myself, especially if I've already seen it. I'm like, okay, I I know how I feel about this one, um, but I I do always kind of have a little bit of an anxiety kind of thing, like, oh God, I I hope I did a good job in this. I hope I like what I did, because um, sometimes it's just like a blur um, when you're you know shooting something it's like you have three shots and like 
usually if I if I'm not truly happy with something, I'll be like, I'll ask if we can do another take. Um, But yeah, sometimes, you know, you get done with something and you're like, I I hope I hope I did what they needed me to do. (laughs) And that happened in the movie I directed my, Mm -hmm. my lead actress. She's like when are we going to do this scene? I go, we already did it. We did it three hours ago. Goes, what did I get up? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, sometimes being in, doing a movie is like mm-hmm. playing golf. Like what did I do in the last three holes? Oh, that's right. I failed. Cause, <laughs> you, you, cause you move, you keep moving forward. And then yeah. Like, oh, did we do this scene yet? Yeah. Right. We do it again. No, yeah. We're good. We're fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, it's hard cause it's, you don't want to. You want to see yourself, right? But then you're gonna judge it, like yeah. Was, yeah. And you want to trust that the director knows what they wanted to get out of you, and that they got it. Um, I there's a somewhat of like imposter syndrome sometimes, a bit, right? yeah. where they're like, "Oh, that was great. That was great." And I'll be like, "Are, are we sure? Are we sure that was good?" Like I, because mm-hmm. yeah. I, as I've said a lot, I have anxiety, um, which is a problem uh, sometimes, especially being an actor. Um, like, well, it's like I, that thing that's in front, right? Mm-hmm. Usually anxiety is that that big, I go, it's called the big block. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's in front of you and you're yeah. trying to find ways to move, like circumnavigate around it. But yeah. no matter where you go, it's still in front. Mm-hmm. And it's still something you always have to, like, God damn it, do I have to deal with this today? Right. And then it gets worse because like, God damn, I don't want to deal with this today. Mm-hmm. But then, then it like, then your anxiety is like, yeah, I win because you're dealing with me today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. yeah, when you're dealing with anxiety as an actor and, you know, self-consciousness, um, you just kind of have to trust that, you know, the people watching and, you know, working with you aren't going to lie to you and be like, yeah, that was really, really good. Because nobody wants to turn out a bad no. product, you know, um, unless you're purposely making a bad movie, which I love bad movies. I adore them. I was um, actually, because my movie didn't do very well of Z-Fest. And mm-hmm. that was, that's all right. It's my first movie. And yeah. I, I just, that's why I was a little more loose with mm-hmm. it. Because I was like, this, number one, everybody's safe. We're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pass COVID. Yeah. Do those three things. We're fine. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't care what judges say. As long as you do those things, I'm happy. Yeah. And it didn't turn out so, and it didn't get a lot of, it didn't really get in recognition or anything. So I was like why don't I just intentionally make a bad movie? Yeah. So I started writing like an intent. I know I wasn't going to make it, but like, why don't mm-hmm. I just intentionally try to make a bad movie? Like, yeah. Do all the things you're not supposed to just put in the movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like a resource sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. All right, didn't do as much. Well, why don't you do something that nobody really like? Yeah. yeah. So it's, I think pursuits of art mm-hmm. is always like a response to what happened next. Mm-hmm. So, like Martin Scorsese, God, my Marty, my film did really good. I hate that because now they really expect the rest of my movies too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, but I would say you, we've talked about a lot of mm-hmm. your film experience, yeah. and doing commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. But you also do stage. Yes, um, I majored in musical theater at the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point, um, which had a very good theater program. Um, and I basically started acting through theater. Um, I my first role was Sir Gallivant um, because everybody. This was in like second or third grade, um, and all the roles went into a hat, 
And <laughs> yep. Um, well, actually, no, that's not the way they did it. Um, the Everybody put their name into a hat, which was the role that they wanted. Ah, I get so, it. Okay. So, like, you had the leading lady hat, and you had, like, the dragon slayer hat, and you had the dragon. Um, and I noticed that nobody put their name in the hat for Sir Gallivant. And I was like, well, I just want a part. So I put my name in for Sir Gallivant. See, and I already that- like your mentality at second grade. I already like it. Like, yeah. nobody wants this, I'll just take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm like, it. well, I'll- nobody wants that role, I'll take it. I don't know, I'll get a spot for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yep, so... That was my first ever foray into acting. Um, and my mom like still talks about it. She's like, remember when you were in that dragon play and you were like, your majesty, your majesty. Um, well, I'm so, sure yeah. it's old mom's mom's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mom still think you're still in second grade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did theater um, until I graduated high school. Like I was um, in Guys and Dolls in high school. I played Sarah Brown. Um, which was really cool. Um, I would think so. That's, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a little bit different acting stage, and mm-hmm. we'd always talk about the difference between film and stage. But yeah, I think stage is a little more the the response is right there, right? Oh yeah, the, absolutely. The acting, where film, it's like it takes a while. It's almost like yeah, people, you really it takes mm-hmm. a while. But stage, that's immediate response. Yep. People know, and then you can actually project, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Got to use your full body for all that. So. Oh yeah, everything's very big with stage, um, especially musical theater. Um, and you get to be loud. And you get to be loud. Yes, <laughs> and I am a very loud person, um, in that I talk very loud. Uh, <laughs> I'm not always like super chatty or anything. I was never like the stereotypical like theater kid, like the ones who were like, you know, I don't know just being crazy and loud yeah constantly on the go constantly like talking making scenes and everything um I was actually very quiet and shy um when I was growing up um and even in college I I wasn't like that stereotypical like theater kid um but I I just loved theater and I loved acting so I kept doing it but um yeah it was never really popular <laughs> um so but you hold that all in for a stage right i mean in like real life it's kind of like a different but you hold all that stuff because when you're on stage that's mm-hmm. you you're the center yeah absolutely in life you're quiet but on stage you're mm-hmm. everything and yeah you be allowed to get to dress and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i think that's kind of people think you know, oh you're an actor so you're constantly every, every your whole life has to be constantly right. dramatic yeah. and everything yeah but no that's i think it's an avenue it's a great avenue mm-hmm. to exercise like tom hanks says i get to do exercise all the things i don't don't in real life you yeah know? i get to be loud i don't i'm not loud i get to be silly and i'm not silly mm-hmm. so i i always thought it was funny when I people would come up to me in college like if I was out in a bar or something like that and people were like oh you're an actor like I've always been told I should be an actor because I'm really dramatic and I'm like that's not everything that you need to be an actor and I've been doing this since I was like eight years old so it's kind of yeah um I could relate that because I was a really good skater ice skater 
oh, yeah? skates. I was really fast. Oh, wow. I was really good at skating. But that doesn't, that's one part of playing hockey. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you just be a speed skater? Mm-hmm. If wrapping up skates and being fast, then the whole point of that is speed skating. Mm-hmm. But that's not the whole avenue mm-hmm. of hockey. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, would have, I told my dad, Luke Robitaille is going to Hall of Fame. And I can outskate him. And I can outskate, you know, and I'm t- taller, bigger than him. But he's going to the Hall of Fame because he knows how to play mm-hmm. hockey. I just know one aspect. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think the person approached you. I know one aspect of acting. Right. Drama. Yeah. Well, yep. be funny. Mm-hmm. Right. That's another thing where they would, like, people hear that you're an actor and they're like, oh, can you do a monologue? I'm like, it, what? No. <laughs> no, I'm not going to audition. No, I'm. that's not. <laughs> it's always... It hasn't happened for a very long time, but in college, like when I talk to people who like weren't in the theater program, they would be like, "Oh yeah, do a monologue." Right now at the party. Yeah, right, right now. now in the living room. Right yeah. now, yeah. do do a Shakespeare monologue. <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. Well, speaking of which, you just for this year you did another Shakespeare play, right? I did. Oh, was it outside? It was outside. See, that's got to yep. do it outside. It was a Shakespeare in the Park type thing. <gasps> um, through Zephyr Theater, we were in um, Oak Park Heights. Um, we were at a park that was next to a prison. <laughs> You're from the prison. Uh, were they- uh, we there. There were no like. It was a very large, like sprawling, like. So it wasn't part know. of the backdrop. It was not part of the backdrop. No, <laughs> but like, if you missed a turn, you would be like turning into the prison, I and you'd be it. like, okay. "Okay, this is not the park." <laughs> I did that the first time I went to that. I was like, "This isn't," and like the GPS even like told us to go to. Are you kidding me? The yeah, I was the like, GPS "This is not criminal." Yeah, I'm like this is not a park. This is a this is a, a prison. Um, but that's nice to get back to Shakespeare. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I didn't. I haven't done much Shakespeare. Um, I didn't have a lot of experience with it in college. Like I took Shakespeare classes, um, and I really liked Shakespeare. Um, but I was never like too involved with it. I did one show in college, uh, Julius Caesar. Um, oh, there they're gonna get some lines. Yeah. That's a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Well, I was a soldier named Dardanius. Well, it's from I, second grade when you played. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I, Which was hilarious that they cast me as a soldier because I'm all of, I was all of like 105 pounds soaking wet. So I'm like, I don't know how you're going to make me look like a soldier, but okay. <laughs> um, I'm very aware of like who of like my type um probably too aware um but i uh yeah i was the i was really proud of the fact that i was one of the senators i was the first one who screamed after caesar was stabbed see i I would you know yeah Yeah, i was like yeah i have the first scream this is awesome um and then i had a few lines as dardanius like at the end um and uh, my dad hated it. He hated it so much because um, it was placed like in like futuristic oh, okay. kind of setting. Right. Um, they kind of did that with um, Titus Andronidas mm-hmm. with the movie in the, I think, late 90s. Yeah. With Hopkins. They yeah. It. yeah. Like everything, like 
all of the women senators had like black lipstick and like really thick eyeliner and we were all in like very tailored suits and four inch heels which you had four inch heels on stage four inch heels on stage and like we had to wear our four inch heels during tech as well so that and that was a long time <laughs> to oh, be yeah. wearing four inch heels um i would not be able to do that today um <laughs> so yay for being young um but yeah my my dad compares like everything to caesar because he's like that was way better than caesar oh that's like, his barometer now <laughs> yeah that's his like every now. every show i'm like yeah i think you'll like it well as long as it's not caesar <laughs> he's like your grandma fell asleep i'm like i know grandma fell asleep thank you <laughs> i'm aware i'm very aware that my grandma fell asleep and that you did not like julius caesar well what was there opinion about West Side Story? That's a remake of Romeo and Juliet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you, um, I think you have to do new, right? If you can yeah. do Shakespeare, you have to incorporate something of your own. Yeah, you have to make it your own somehow. Yeah, um, yeah. put something new in there. Mm-hmm. I, think be, I mean, they did with Richard the Third, made it updated like 1920. Yeah, right. um, we also did Taming of the Shrew while I was at college or in college, um, and I played um, the merchant. Uh, who uh, disguises himself as Lucentio's father, or disguises herself as Lucentio's father, at least in our version. Um, ours was set in like 1950s Italy. Um, like he, our director loved La Dolce Vita. Um, so that was like his inspiration for the okay. whole setting. Um and we were told to play everything as cartoonish as possible, um, like everybody. Um, and when I was uh, Lucentio's father, they had me like stuff pillows up a very like large suit, a suit that was way too large for me. Um, and yeah, I was just like um, a, a child trying to, to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I it was like a you know a stereotypical like kid yeah. like stuffing pillows up you know their shirt to be like look at me I'm a bigger person like right. so yeah that's one of the well, before we go to break and that was one of the inter- most interesting interesting things about the film Suspiria even though it's a gaudy mm-hmm. very colorful whimsical fantastic fairy tale horror and a lot of the gaudy the light of the blood and everything mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be childlike. Okay. Dara Argento built the sets a little bit bigger for even though you're adults and not supposed to act like kids, but the set's a little more bigger, like the shelves are a little more taller. Okay. You put the doorknobs above people's heads so you had to reach up like a kid. Huh. So it's very much trying to look almost like childlike. Yeah. And you watch this very like all this horrible things and it's of course dance. Yeah. And corrupting dance and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more elements of Suspiria whimsical, but by being mm-hmm. a childlike and he always talked about acting is you know, sometimes kids are the best actors because they forget that they're because it's, it's oh yeah. Believe. Oh yeah, I love make believe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. When we kind of lose that, we kind of filter ourselves when we're an adult. Like, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Yeah. 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 Um, before we go, I want to mention you did a student film with Paul Cram, our previous guest. I did. How was that? That was kind of crazy. <laughs> um, it was called H. Um, we. He played a heroin addict, and I played 
basically the devil incarnated slash. Oh, I'm, in, I'm convinced now. Uh, hanging out with you. <laughs> heroin in human form. Yeah. Um, it was really fun because I got to be like uh, the femme fatale, like very seductive um, and everything. And that's not something that I get to play very often. Um, so that that was really fun. It is, I think you can find it on Paul's channel. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's still there. I yeah, think but you can. It's yeah. a nice little. It's it's a short, it's a short film. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's yeah. You guys work wonderful together. Thank you. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was really fun. All right, we're gonna take a little break, and we'll be back more with Ellie. Hi, everybody. This is Nick, and I want to talk to you about a film that I'm really excited about, looking forward to. It's about superheroes. It already has a GoFundMe campaign started. It's from filmmaker Zach A. Crotty. It's a new superhero film about a civil rivalry like no other. Abrina is a reporter who investigates stories of powered individuals and wishes to connect with her sister, Jill. Jill is a literal cold heart genius criminal mastermind who has other plans in mind. Their reunion will cause more harm than good in this two-part story called Frost, premiering this spring, 2022. Filming begins in October, but you can help make this film a reality by donating to its GoFundMe campaign. We'll have the link down below. In doing so, you should receive one or more rewards, including your name listing on the film credits. People, you got to get on to it. I love superhero films. I love civil rivalries. I'm looking forward to this film. Check out the GoFundMe campaign for the film Frost. Hey everybody, this is Kelly Reynolds and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares about up against the wall by the fruit trees? Like where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with Navy SEALs. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. <laughs> Okay, we're back with Allie. Um, I have one more question about for stage acting. Mm-hmm. Costuming. Did you do work with that? or I did work in the costume shop um, right, yeah. in college um, for... Uh, like a, I mean, we had to do practicum as well when yeah. we were in college. So we had to work in the scene shop at one point, and we had to work in the costume shop. Um, so that was just like more credits that we had to have like towards our degree. Um, and yeah, I liked working in the costume shop for practicum. So I asked if I could actually work there. Um, and I did for a little bit. Um, 
I don't, I didn't learn like a ton of like, I, I wasn't like a costume designer or anything. It no, was mostly it's like something... hemming pants and things like that. Yeah. Um, hemming a lot of pants. But I think it's something that you, I think, especially for acting, is something that you have to really pay attention to. It's not really like a focus, but it's have to mm-hmm. be something that you're aware of another another avenue that you have, another discipline is yeah. costuming, what you're going to do. Yeah. You know? My mm-hmm. favorite line is from Jack Nicholson, who always said, just let the clothes do this work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you mean like in terms of like... Well, that too, but... Getting I'll, into the, the part costume. Of, I think working in, into costuming too mm-hmm. is a great benefit. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Costuming is so important. Like I, I try to um, like get an idea of what my costume is going to be um, as soon as I you know, get into rehearsal so that way, you know, I can figure out like how my character is going to move and everything like that. Um, And yeah, costuming is really, really important because you can also be in the wrong shoes and like get hurt and that kind of thing. (laughs) Like uh, for Mamma Mia, honestly, um, (laughs) we uh, we were dancing. um, So you did Mamma Mia on stage. Yep. We did Mamma Mia on stage on the um, right in front of the St. Croix River in Stillwater. It was beautiful. Um, that has a great backdrop. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah it was yeah. perfect like backdrop. Pre- <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, so we were in, like, Keds, um, and I am not a dancer. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I'm a dancer in the sense that I dance but it's not your primary but, discipline yeah it's yeah. not my primary discipline um I've always I, I don't usually get cast in musicals because I don't have a lot of dance skills um I have a lot of dance training but not I didn't uh uh yeah I didn't I didn't, didn't get to didn't the point where where I um, advanced course yeah exactly the advanced course yep mm-hmm. nobody would be putting me in their dance recitals um, but yeah, so uh, my, uh, dance or I wasn't used to like dancing in general. And then I was in these kids and I was also born with flat feet. <laughs> so my, uh, my feet were not very happy. You had a lot of hurdles to come. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, my feet like started to hurt and then like my ankles started to have problems and knees and everything like that and I talked to the costumer and I was like these kids are not gonna work for me and she was like okay well what what can you you know what do you usually wear um if you're gonna be like active and I was like I have these really ugly like black new balances I'm like they're not really gonna match the show and she's like you know what as long as you're safe let's let's do that because they also have like special orthotics um that I put in there um as well so that I don't you know injure myself (laughs) it's one of those things I think they talk about with acting classes know where your feet and know what you do with your hands Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you forget like you know I've I've been on set sometimes like oh my god what am I going to do with my hands with Mm -hmm. this right because you don't think about it and all of a sudden you do that or yeah yeah it's um yeah it's interesting especially in terms of musical theater because everything is you know very big um and so (laughs) there were some moves that my theater um one of my theater professors like to kind of 
you know, discourage. Like one was <laughs> one was called shoveling coal. That was like this. Yeah, I get it. Where you're just like lifting up both your arms at the same time. Yeah. Um, And I I don't remember the other one. That's just the one that I remember the most. Um, That he's like, you got to figure out what to do with your hands, but like make it organic, but also, you know, pretty. Right. And yeah. So we we always talk about with musicals, especially with dance, dance is the subtraction of dialogue, but enticing the relationship with characters. Mm -hmm. And they do it marvelously in La La Land. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. La 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 Land is beautiful. You understand Mm -hmm. the chemistry they have without even saying a word. Mm -hmm. And that fills up the time. And yeah. Yeah. um, Dance is always, yeah, the subtraction of dialogue of showing Mm -hmm. how the relationship or the evolution of their character where are they changing yeah absolutely and it's also just an expression of emotion as well like you know people are always like oh well nobody bursts into song in real life and that's the point of it is that (laughs) yeah you're right is that unless i'm at a party you're it's like the the point where they burst into song is when dialogue doesn't communicate well enough like what they're going through um so that's what the the purpose of the song is is that this is something that they can't say um just you know speaking so they have to they have to do it through song um so that's kind of I think with dance as well. It's. I think that's. If I go back to La La Land, it's also another like a movie within a movie because mm-hmm. also shows the process of going through auditions. Right. Yeah. And it's a really surreal. Yeah. All the girls are dressed like you, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to cry in the audition. So all the girls are in the waiting room crying already. Right. So yeah. So it's almost like a little bit of weird. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole part of yeah. movies, right? Yeah. We always talk about movie theory that movies are in between the dream and reality. That little twilight right mm-hmm. before you fall asleep. That's where movies set in yeah it's not really reality but it's not really right full dream yeah well it can't truly be reality because nobody wants to see somebody just going through their day like something interesting has to happen right i put that on my because i've read a lot of scripts also, you know, when you read a writer, hey, read my script, read my script. And I, I, it's Elmore Leonard. He said, nobody wants to read about the happy little elves mm-hmm. who go to work and pay their taxes on time. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to read that. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, we want to change. We want to see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And we want to see yeah. know, conflict. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why it's so hard to for people to uh, have, like, happy couples <laughs> in because a lot of times when people are, like I I believe that there are not enough rom-coms in this world um I think that it would be a lot better if there were more romantic comedies and if anybody is doing a romantic comedy and wants a petite person to I'll, I'll play a leading lady I I would yeah. love to well, I really uh, the ad uh, we just put the ad is um Kelly my friend Kelly Reynolds who does boobies mm-hmm. and newbies but she critiques rom- romance and erotic books yeah and she just loves it because she she reads them and she's like for for you to write these two characters that don't get along and I know they're going to get together mm-hmm. and you make me believe it and make me love it yeah <laughs> well Which I think well yeah isn't La La Land kind of yeah. A little bit of rom-com? Yeah, it's a it, it's definitely a rom-com. Yeah. yeah. Um but I I have a hard time with seeing like married couples who are not happy. Um and I'm like, why can't there just be uh 
story about a married couple that's really happy. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, cause I, it just seems like so. I'm trying to think back my brain, but a movie is just yeah. centered on a couple that talked right. through the problems and they figured it out and they're still going to the park. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think a way we go does that. Um, that's a while ago. Um, but there, there aren't a lot of happy couples that are like they're together in the beginning of the film and they're together at the end of the film. Um, so, yeah, I, I just uh, have. It's Ali, Ali. It's your challenge. It has yeah. to be a rom com musical. Oh yeah. With a few change of beats, yeah. but it has to be a married couple. And, yes. That maintains it through all their. Has to be a married couple. Happy married couple. Through all the challenges. Still happy at the end. They work through everything, and yeah, because I don't know. I feel like people just. I think Money Pit might be one. Really. Money I've never pit. seen money people. They were happy. There were a lot, a lot of hurdles to overcome. Okay. And they, they almost almost break it up, but at the end they're still. Okay. Yeah. So they're not happy in the second yeah. act. Yeah. Yeah. But first and third. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Money pit might be one. Because you know the whole like oh the ball and chain like that kind of thing. <laughs> I hate that. I'm like why why can't you just be? Can, yeah. Yeah. You get it made right. Yeah. I think the, it's always the end is the wedding right. A lot of Disney movies is the end, is yeah. the wedding. Yeah. And then like, all right, mm-hmm. well, you know, life kind of goes on. Yep. Yeah. And then people don't care about marriage, and they're like, marriage is a death sentence, blah, blah, blah. And I like being married, so. <laughs> I like just fooling around with my wife to like, you know, with watching movies and just mm-hmm. surprise her. Like, well, I don't like the draping on that dress. And she's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> It's all wrong. It doesn't have the right figure for it. You just start stuff? Yeah. <laughs> like during the Oscars, I'll you know, I'll send messages to my niece Ruby about that dress doesn't work for her. <laughs> what well, that year for the Golden Globes was two years, like the year of your chest bone. All the, all the women had to show their sternums. Oh, yes. Yeah, the year of chest The year bones. of the clavicle. The year yes. of the clavicle. Uh-huh. Right? I think it was like a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we don't need that. Some people, we it'll work, but just not everybody. It's true, yeah. I don't know. Designers must have been talking together and we're like, yeah, it's all about the clavicle this year. But I think if you're a creative person, especially like me for doing comic books, you have to think fashion. Mm-hmm. Fashion, you have to think about it. Oh yeah. Because if you're not, then you're already, you're already, you're already behind the game. Because mm-hmm. fashion for me has to emphasize what that character is, especially yeah. if I'm drawing it. Mm-hmm. So I had to do my noir where the character, the female character, you have to. It was a sense of she's a fatale, but I didn't want to show it outright. Okay. So with her dress, I put sharp lines like oh lines nice around her dress. Yeah. Kind of like a warning, and that's I think mm-hmm. you have to establish that even though she's. Being approachable, nice, and everything. Right. And through her dress, it's kind of like, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think they did that well in the movie Body Heat. If you haven't seen that, so I haven't seen that. It's, if you, it's another. Well, it's not a really rom com. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a noir, but the entire mm-hmm. movie is everybody telling the character William Hurt's character stay away from this woman. And okay. It usually shows that she's wearing red and mm-hmm. everything is red, and then. Mm-hmm. I got chimes at home. I collect chimes, which is almost like sirens. Like okay, gotcha. Chimes too, but the entire movie and every everybody's telling her stay away from her, but he just he can't. Yeah, 
that's what costs me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you are you can can you watch other movies without critiquing the acting, or can you just enjoy them? Or sometimes you're watching like. Yeah, I can I can watch movies without critiquing them. Um, it I mean it depends on what the movie is. Like if if there are like glaring you know issues with it, then I I'll have a really hard time with it. But um, yeah, I I don't really have problems like enjoying movies. Right, I think I mm-hmm. think I especially when I critique movies, I watch it twice, just once to just be in a an audience member just mm-hmm. to enjoy it and then the second time is kind of like the critical point yeah of watching it yeah and i think a lot of people mistake that and a lot of film critics do it because they want to be the first person to get out there the first thing to talk about and they, and mm-hmm. they miss the ingredient of what it's all about mm-hmm. and so i think yeah if you especially if you do movies yourself i think it's just nice to shut your brain your critical brain yeah and just enjoy what you have yeah rather than just oh that's a good line that's a good angle and just kind of sometimes just enjoy it mm-hmm yeah. yeah, I think I do that actually more with commercials where I I like look at it as like if I were auditioning for this, like what would this director have wanted or this yeah. ad agency or whatever. Um, so, yeah, with commercials, I am definitely more like analytical, I guess, because I don't do commercials as often so I'm like trying to see what other successful actors do and so would you ever want to do like writing or directing um I have like three ideas that I would really love to do um but one of them just seems like way too big for me um like I would need like a clinic and I would need like a medical expert and I would need like there's just so much a lot of hurdles yeah it's a lot of hurdles um and like that I had a team like assembled and I had a writer and everything like that but it just kind of fell apart like immediately after our yeah we had that happen (laughs) (laughs) yep um what's nice to get it collapsing at pre-production yeah yeah I've had that happen what's in during production yeah well we're done It's funny because the three ideas that I actually have, well, I guess the the first one is more of a dark comedy, Um, but the other two are actually horror movies, um, which I I would not... It's not your avenue, really? I wouldn't think that I would be wanting to write horror movies, but I, uh, I had... One was a dream that I had. Um, about a group of millennials who go to a cabin and they all um, decide to form a suicide pact. And then one of them like backs out and they're like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And so they all like, you know, turn on this person and, you know, hunt them down and everything like that. So it's already a good start. Yeah. That was a nightmare that I had at one point. (laughs) So I was like, but that might actually be kind of a cool horror flick. Well, it it fits my criteria for what horror is. And I think I mentioned this a couple episodes before. So at the core of horror is feminism. Mm-hmm. And now if it's a hero or something that you're raging against. Okay. And that's usually when I start writing a horror is where is the feminism? Is it the pursuit? Is it the protagonism? Mm-hmm. Or is the rage against? 
And I think that's why a lot of girls, and I don't want to say girls, a lot of women too, mm-hmm. love horror movies because at some point a kernel of it is all feminism. Whether they're the final girl mm-hmm. or that's what the villain is going after is women. And not to mention, women's, usually their daily life is horrific. Yeah, that's true. It's absolutely horrific. Yeah. And I usually when I go to horror, horror conventions, it's about 60-40 with women. Yeah. And it's almost like they don't have to communicate. You just, mm-hmm. we know why you like them. We have to deal with this sh- every day. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. I never thought about it that way. But yeah. Right. I, I mean, even Hellraiser. Is, I haven't seen Hellraiser. Well, if you look at Pinhead. <laughs> okay. It's Andromedas. In the book, he's Andromedas. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be a gender. Mm-hmm. That's 87. And he's, he's wearing a skirt. Yeah. And he's very feminine. He's wearing makeup and he's, his moves and everything is very gender neutral. And that's 87. That. Yeah. And a lot of it is that's what the whole point of Hellraiser is, is mm-hmm. removing identity. But who wins out is feminism. Huh. So I think that's a lot of things that needs to be investigated a little more. Yeah. I think um, exploitative mm-hmm. it definitely is part of the you know, horror movies. Yeah. Um, but Summer Party Massacre was written by a woman and directed by a wom- woman. And I- so, Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm <laughs> learning lot, so many I, things. But it's a lot of, yeah, I think if you, are, you know, Friday 13th, who beats Jason all the time? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a woman. Mm-hmm. So she figures out. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be very interested in what I'm saying in very long. I'd be very interested to read your script. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Once I actually like, you know, write it. I've never written like a, a script or a screenplay or anything before. So you're at the most difficult spot. Yeah, that is the most difficult spot is starting. Mm-hmm. I always tell people just forget the rules, mm-hmm. just go. Yeah, and that's usually what I have to do with my writing: get a legal pad and just. I don't even worry about outlines or just like this is what I want to do mm-hmm. and I figure out. Most times when I write, the character I'm starting with never even becomes the main character. So even with my comic book, I start with this character going into the city, and I thought he was going to be the central character, and then the story's telling me, nope. And like. Dang it. <laughs> All right. The story wants to go this way. Yeah. Which is the most fun part about writing is mm-hmm. when the story tells you we should go this way. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So when you I'll read. Keep that in mind. Do you read scripts? Um, do you already think about. I get ahead of this. You know, sometimes when you read scripts, you're like, oh, I just want to read my character. But do you read the scripts full? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I. I do go through and I like highlight everything um, that I'm supposed to. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely read the script in full first. Um, but I, you know, I do get excited when I'm like, ooh, now it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's the whole point of it is like the energy, like what I'm going to do with this. Or yeah. What I'm do with yeah. That. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where is my change? And I think people, actors and actors love the change, and mm-hmm. especially with what we do with B&E, you have a have a change with your character mm-hmm. well. yeah, yeah. So, and especially with a female director mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love working with with women i think uh, well uh, usually with my films that's priority number one i want a m- more than 50 percent female on set i really appreciate that i, I work hard to get at least fif- above 50 percent female yeah because it's it makes everything better mm-hmm. much more safer much more comfortable mm-hmm. and i think your if your movie is more masculine centered right like even if i had a male cinematographer and i was a male director i would mm-hmm. have a female edit that movie yeah definitely would have like a female edit or have the actress like what do you think we should do yeah usually when i cast my movies i get my actress first mm-hmm. and then i talk to her like what about this person this person 
because I think the actress is, even though she's not the central character, is the central point of the film. Too. Yeah. And then, oh, you work, you're comfortable working with that person? Want to try this person? So I always like to have my actress part of the audition as well. That's awesome. I think so. I think it needs to be this way from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, Ellie, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. This is a ball. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> um, it was I fun. Think it, I think it's, it will be too difficult for you to get it out loud, but it's not over till the guests say it's over. Oh, am I? It's over. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Thank you.